Great to be here with you all, and uh, I do appreciate the community and the freedom of this space and community. I feel like I'm going to walk in here. So, um, as Andy mentioned, I feel like I, I'm a part of your fam extended family tree here. <laughs> Known for me and Andy for 14 years, worked with Andy, and have kind of traveled with you in the different spaces that you've been. And um, it's an honor to serve you all in a kind of a removed capacity. I know we don't um, cross paths frequently or regularly, but in touch with Andy about the goings on here um, at Water's Edge. So great to be here with you. Uh, I'm married to Scott Wildy, if you're familiar with him, we not be. He's a brilliant man and a, a Baylor bear. And uh, we have two kids. <laughs> and Piper did a dress, dress up day, so I, I did not get permission from them to show that picture, but I'd show that anyway. And then we have Coco, our COVID puppy, which I think I need to put a thought bubble right there that says, are you kidding me? Like, she's like a sassy, sassy, sassy child that mix. Um, and um, I'm a spiritual director, um, among some other things, and um, people when I want to consultate retreats and workshops. And, um, and when I go into newer settings, I kind of like to introduce myself, or you might experience me as a little more introverted than extroverted. You might experience me more of a teacher than a storyteller, and you might experience me more practical than the theoretical. So as we calibrate our time together this morning, if that's helpful, I'll share that as well. Um, I know that as a community, you all are walking through the book of Matthew. I'm calling it the book of Matthew Crawl, right? The book of Matthew Crawl. And uh, today we are in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, which is another passage in the book of Matthew that instructs and invites us to shift from our human perspective to God's perspective. And an image that I've been sitting with um, on behalf of this time is the image of two greenhouses, and um, I think we have an image there. On the left, on your left, to me, is an image of um, life when we live out of our human perspective. It's the greenhouse of human perspective. So it holds uh, a Western humanistic ecology, if you will. And then the greenhouse on the right, uh, to me, represents the greenhouse that, hold, that holds God's spiritual ecology. So it's full of provision. Where things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness are in abundance. And so the spiritual life is about learning how to take up residence in God's greenhouse, so to speak. It's moving out of the greenhouse of self-sufficiency into the greenhouse of God-dependency. Moving from fear into the greenhouse of love, from shame into worth, from pride into the greenhouse of humility, scarcity, moving into the greenhouse of abundance. Greed, moving into the greenhouse of generosity. In today's passage, we're talking about how we can move out of the greenhouse of worry and into the greenhouse of God's provision. And at the get-go, I'm let you in on a little secret. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the greenhouse of worry, just confessional here. Uh, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I find myself identifying Six, which means that I have a, a real compulsivity towards fear, anxiety, and worry. It's almost a daily invitation, moment by moment, invitation to shift from the greenhouse of, of worry into the greenhouse of God's abundance and 
So when Abby asked me several months ago <laughs> to teach today, which was God's provision for you, right? Amen. For the community as you all grieved last Sunday together. And, um, you know, if you, when he asked me if I would want to offer something today, I had a little inkling that there would be something significant for me today to do this. And indeed it is. And today, as I'm sharing, I am literally, like, in the moment working this passage out in real time. And you'll probably see that because... I'll probably be a little teared at some points because it's like in real time I'm working this passage out in life. All right, so we're going to read the scripture a bit differently today. I'm going to invite Sherry Ann and Kelsey and Andy. I'm going to have them read the passage for us. And um, we're going to do a Peter's Theater set. Actually, and here we go. And um, I'm going to have them read the passage twice. I'm going to have them read it twice. <laughs> and as I read it, if it's helpful to close your eyes and just to, to, to let imagery, imagery of the words kind of settle in your heart and mind, uh, if that helps you focus, we could do that. And also just invite you just to notice, like, what's kind of standing out? What's the word or phrase or image that's standing out to you? I might even kind of toss it back to, to the community to share back to me what's standing out to you, all right? So go ahead and we can start. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather crops into barns, and they do not have father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his life's span? And why do you worry about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread of the cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory Look at the birds of 
Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And would you be worried and add a single day to his life span? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is born into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry them, saying, What are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Alright, well, I want to toss it back to you guys for a little bit. Just curious if there'd be a couple people willing to share out loud. Is there one or phrase that's going to stuck out to you as you listen or read that passage? Just kind of offering it um, to the community that we're, we're part of this morning. Do not worry. That came through for you. <laughs> but. Okay, great. Any other words and phrases? Thank you. for those offerings this morning. Um, looking forward to seeing how God wants to continue those words with you and the invitations that are a part of those phrases. So, um, yeah. In summary, this passage is book-ended with do not worry, right? It starts with do not worry, and it says, hey, look at the birds, look at the flowers, look at the grass, they're taken care of. In light of that, seek, seek me, move to that great God's greenhouse, right? And then don't, don't worry. Again, it's looking it. Don't worry, don't worry. And then if you forget, <laughs> look around you. How God is sustaining and providing um, in creation. And uh, just contextually, contextually speaking, um, I found it interesting that even when I was engaging with this passage, I thought, oh, well, this must be aimed at like, maybe a, a certain population of people that are poor. But it's not. It's aimed at the disciples who were actually, um, their needs were met, generally speaking, coming commentators say, it's not aimed at the poor community, it's aimed at the disciples, um, who actually had what they need. However, Jesus, as a spiritual nomad, walked through life not, only, not always knowing where his safety and security and provision was going to come from, right? And so he depended on the Father for that safety, provision, and security. And so his, this is an exhortation, an invitation to the disciples to pattern his having their lives after Jesus in this area of provision. The word worry um, in the Greek 
seems to be drawn or pulled apart in opposite directions. And I know that that feels like a really true definition to me. Um, and then the word provided in English means arranging the demands, looking ahead. Um, maybe even the idea that God's provision is being arranged in advance for us. Eugene Peterson says, God is always at work ahead of us. God is always at work ahead of us. So, um, so these, these principles of not worrying, look at the creation around us to, to be mindful of how our provision is going to be happening, um, is, is a challenging concept, right? I think it is for me. And um, the question is, like, how do we move from this closed system of worry and anxiety to God's open system where divine provision is possible, possible, right? That's the question we're saying. But how do we move from the closed system of worry to God's open system? It's full of divine possibilities and provision. Another image has come to mind as I've been just really meditating on this picture. It's the image of two mountains. And um, this is this picture kind of has has been sitting with me as I've been working through this. And the image of two mountains, there they are. You know, it's kind of a pretty scene, isn't it? And then we go through life and a need pops up. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to have needs. I don't like to be needy. Scott is out of town right now. All of a sudden I have a lot of needs. My kids want to go to church instead of coming here with me because they're teenagers. So that means I need to find and ask a friend to get a ride to the church. I have to be in need and ask my friend for help. The dog is a thing in our lives, and I have work. And so I need to find, I need to ask the trainer if they should take the dog. I have needs, and I don't like it because I feel vulnerable, right? And so, um, and it's uncomfortable, but it's the basis of the gospel. Um, and so we go along with life, we become aware of a need, and the provision that um, we need is, is, feels very uncertain to us. It's way far away. It's unknown. It's not within our reach. And, and so then one author says that this is where a gap can emerge between our need and where we're gonna, how we're going to meet that need, right? We don't know how that need's going to be met. And it's here in this gap where we employ worry as a strategy to guard us from vulnerability. Worry is a strategy that guards us from being vulnerable. So we might, we might walk through this little uh, ladder, if you will. So it starts with concern, right? Which is actually good. Concern can, um, uh, concern can give us energy for healthy action. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but the concern then shifts maybe into worry, which is a little more mental rumination. And that's where we start feeling vulnerable, maybe alone, and stressed. And then it can even shift into anxiety, which I would say maybe is more felt on a somatic physiology, physiological level. And then even into some panic. And so we can kind of know, we can kind of be aware, like, where am I when a circumstance comes up? Where am I on this ladder, in this gap, I guess I should say? Am I concerned, or am I, have I shifted to worry, or am I stepping into anxiety, or even panic? And as I use those terms, I want to kind of pause, because I feel sensitive um, with the number of us are living with like, anxiety disorders, and some of these words are used in the clinical setting. I just want to clarify, I'm not using them with clinical intention today. I'm using them as words to describe 
human experience, if that makes sense. So um, let me share a little bit about what the worry provision gap has looked like in my life as recent as this last Friday. So Friday, I knew I needed to finish one project by a certain time. And I had some concern about that. So that actually led me to some healthy action. I thought, you know, I'm going to get to work early, well, early, you know, so that I can kind of be prepared if anything comes up so I can get it done in time. But then I noticed that my concern started going into the worry place. And the question was like, what if I don't get any time and I'm new to this job and I'm staying vulnerable and then if, what do I think if I don't get this done time, right? So it just kind of, this baton race of worry starts. And actually for me, it's hard to shift into some anxiety. I could tell like I was tense, I was in butterflies. And so um, that's kind of what an example for me for my life, what that gap can look like. And, um, but the, the possibilities here, we can either stay stuck in the valley of worry, right? Stay stuck in the valley of worry, my reality, my provision, my initiative, or we can learn how to step onto the bridge of trust. And um, that's where we're going to be connected to God's reality, God's initiative, God's provision for us. But stepping out onto the bridge of trust is learned. It takes practice. And it involves everyone acknowledging we have need. We're just hungry. And um, it goes against our self-sufficiency drive, right? So stepping out onto the bridge of trust involves acknowledging need. And often involves reaching out to someone else you know, out of our vulnerability. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about how um, prayer can also help us step on that bridge of trust and be connected with God's provision for us and divine possibilities for us. us. So in my story, because I've prepared this talk, again, I've been working out this in real time, I'm driving and I know I'm shifting from concern to anxiety. So the phrase of the prayer that I can say is that because God's provision is ahead, we always have to already at work ahead. So I'm at the steering wheel saying, God, thank you that you care for me, that you see my need, right? As the passage said, thank you, God, in advance for how you're going to provide the time I need to get my work project done today. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I need to thank you in advance that you're going to provide the time that I need for this project today. All right? And in with that, I'm holding openness to what that provision might look like. Than that I had anticipated. I'm going to share a couple more stories that really exhibit this passage. And as I do, I'm inviting you to consider what um, is in your life where, where you feel stuck in the valley of worry. What it might look like for you to learn how to take some steps on the bridge of trust to be open to God's provision for you. So, um, all right, so here's where the tears are coming because. I am not sure any of this is public set, so I'm going to So here we go. Thank you, God, for the for these people here. Thank you. I love you. About four or five months ago, my in laws and started on a very 
health crisis, okay, an intense health crisis that has not been really resolved, but before five months, been living with that. Phone calls, seeing my husband. Phone calls to the right? How do we respond to that? Stress. Stressful concern. You know, when there's health crises, it's highly vulnerable, right? And it's hard to see some people that you love suffer. And it's even harder it doesn't seem like there's a source or clarity behind the issues, right? We need to Worry what's to come in and protect me, protect us. However, <laughs> God's invitation to us is on things to reach out to another, right? So I have a dear friend who has spent a lot of time in God's greenhouse, many, many years. She has God's perspective, lives in that very freely. And so, um, you know, she and I text, and so, you know, I was reaching out to her and said, can you pray, right? That reaching out moment, can you pray? And what I get back over and over again, even this morning, I asked for some prayer for this time, is God's perspective, God's perspective, Laced with God's love, care, and provision. And here's an example of one of the texts that I received, just to give you a, a sense of what this feels like. So this is in response to um, our members' health crisis. Lord, will you assure Scott and Lindsay that you have the situation in your hands? Right? That's a God perspective. Yeah. That you have the situation in your hands. That you love us, family. God, thank you that you love us. And are present and working to bring about what you know is best for the that you are present and bringing about what you know is best for us. You hear the cry of their hearts. God hears, hears our cries. I pray for the miracle of Scott Lindsay being able to cast these cares into your hands, to step out from under the burden and weight of the situation, and find that you, God, really are trustworthy in this too. I ask for your gift of peace of mind and heart for them. Thank you, God, that you give us gifts of peace because only you offer is peace, God. Thank you that you hear us when we cry out to you, and we can rest assured you will answer. Thank you that you hear us when we cry out to you, and we can rest assured that you will answer. Thank you for caring for your children, right? I mean, God's perspective. Wow. And in this situation, in this family situation, my compulsivity to worry is so great that I have to, I need to phone a friend. <laughs> and like in general, I need to phone a friend, right? We, you know, we need other people to help us step out of that bridge sometimes, more often than not. Um, the second question, the situation um, has to do with our lives. Uh, last summer, we found out we needed to move out of the home that we're in and need to find a new home. And with this move came a significant increase in, re- in rent, which has uh, really been a really real exercise in what we're talking about today, shifting from worry, trusting God's provision. And um, there's been great temptation for me to go from concern to panic, literally. <laughs> and uh, in the fall, Scott and I talked about me possibly finding another job, me finding a job to help. And uh, my desire really was not much for that. <laughs> and I wanted to stay open as, as I could. 
And because um, I was hoping that maybe the spiritual direction that I work that I do would, would supply for us, right? So we went through the fall kind of waiting, which is part of trusting too, right? And then in January, um, it became clear that I did indeed, I did indeed need to come back with God. And so the, my desired provision was not going to come through what I had hoped, right? So here's another part of this conversation. And the really challenging part, right, is um, the bridge of trust is the invitation to trust God as provider, but the provision might look different from what we had anticipated. And for some of us, maybe it's felt like God hasn't, hasn't come through for you the way you had hoped or desired. And so maybe to back up the conversation a little bit and say, God, let's talk about this situation because I never had to trust you with this one because look what happened over here, right? So um, anyway, so this, the provision was clear that it wasn't going to come through the way I wanted it. And I went down through a lot of sadness and grief and loss. I mean, I was on the phone with you, Andy, on Monday, I think it was, and I was... A mess. I mean, I was undone in tears because my first day in the office, at, or second, first day in the office for the job, basically. So I was feeling it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I put this resume together, you know, did LinkedIn, and started just saying, what am I wanting to do? What am I wanting to do? How many hours am I wanting? And as part of the nudge in this conversation, I felt like, We'll nudge to reach out to a group of people, friends, and to say, hey, I'm looking for some work connections. Reaching out to people, right? In my time of need, I don't want to do this. It's very humbling to say I'm looking for work. Um, but again, if we're going, we're going to identify the need. It feels vulnerable. We're going to reach out and see what the possibilities are. So, um, I sent an email, and through that email, I got reconnected through a friend who um, crossed paths together over the years, and um, was looking for someone to help administratively in her work sector, and there are a lot of different details in the story that um, are kind of like, go like God, God bullet points that I can't even get into, but it, it was just kind of like this flow of things, and her person quit in a time that she got an email and blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, God, I think this is yes for me for this season. And, um, and then even being in this new job, it looks so different. Like, I would have never said that that's the job I'm looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? The package is so different. The package that the provision is done for is so different than I had anticipated. And it has a sense that there's spiritual gifts in this package for me. And that's kind of God stuff, right? So, uh, but man, the pitch of trust, learning how to do this, how to admit our need, how to reach out, how to note when we're shifting from concern to worry, how to anchor into that perspective, God's perspective, through quoting a friend or prayer, between the and God. And also being open to how the provision might come in the package of the need. And this is like really challenging <laughs> spiritual formation work, right? All right. So as you've been sitting there, I'm wondering what is the story you 
I'm going to put up a few, few reflection questions and just want to invite you to kind of sit with these questions or maybe that's having a different conversation with you with some different thoughts. But here are the questions. So, uh, what have you been thinking about a lot this past weekend? That's a, a gentle way to what you worried about. But what's filling up, what's been filling up your headspace? All right. Number two, if you have desire, willing to do this, maybe, you know, what's a prayer that will, will help orient you to trusting that God loves you, sees your need, and is ahead of you with your provisions? And then get your bonus question, how has God already provided for you? All right, so I'm going to give you just a few minutes, just to kind of personally reflect on one or all of those as we um, kind of start to close our time together this morning. invite you to partner up with someone near you. You don't have to share those things, but the more than one to you. Just want to give you the opportunity to connect with someone in community around these things that we've talked about today. And maybe it's just something that stands out for you from this time. But just uh, we invite you to, to partner up with someone near you and then I'll um, bring us out of that Us that we are held by your love. 
May you increase our faith. May you are always at work before us, God. Even this morning, I think that the world comes up to me. How does this passage, how can we pray for you praying with this passage? So, God, even this morning, I thank you for the country of Moldova, who's being the provider to receive refugees. Thank you for other ways that you're providing for Ukraine, opening up homes, food. And God, in the midst of that, we also ask for your provision on your behalf as well, in the midst of that world. God, thank you for the ways that you met us and how you will continue with us as we engage with these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. 